Hey mom, first things first, thank you. It's my one year anniversary of my decision to say, yes, I need help, and yes, I choose me. And that's the miracle. I'm lucky that the strongest person I know is my own mother. Love you, mom, Maxwell. Be that strong person who makes the difference. If your loved one is struggling with drugs and alcohol, reach out to Karen for a different kind of addiction treatment. Visit caron.org slash lost. Whether you're making the same breakfast that you have every day or baking a cake for an extra special day, eggs are a staple in our diets. Eggland's best eggs are nutritionally superior to ordinary eggs, containing more vitamins and 25% less saturated fat. Not only are they better for you, but Eggland's best eggs taste better too. There's a reason that they're America's number one eggs. Visit egglandsbest.com for additional information and delicious recipes. Trigger warning for discussions of sexual assault and drug addiction. Someplace underneath. saw a tweet the other day that it was a picture of Nicole Kidman and it was her from a current show she's on with the actor who's on the show so it was basically like a still from the show Mm -hmm. and I forget what exactly the tweet said but it said something to the extent of women are not allowed to age in Hollywood oh yeah because there was another actor her same age and he had wrinkles and she was just like perfect yeah which I believe that's what they were trying to. Did you see that tweet? I did. Yeah, I did. it was a viral one. I think. Oh, was it? A, oh, it was viral. Um, yeah, I, I know that it came from a place of wanting to empower, but I'm gonna just go ahead and say I don't consider that a feminist take. Ooh, Natalie, yeah. you're I know. Going I'm against being, the script. I am being edgy. Uh, <laughs> watch out, everybody. Well, okay, so my point with it is the comments underneath it were like, I don't know, 80% of people saying something along the lines of, I know, right? She looks so fucking gross. Oh, I hate this. She should stop doing that to her face. I don't know. I'm so, so sick what she they make her do. Which, in other words, they're fighting the criticism of how women look by criticizing a woman's looks. I just think, honestly, also, I think she looks nice. I'm going to go ahead and say. Whatever you want to do. If you want to age, if you want to... Whatever you want to fucking do with your body and your face. It doesn't matter. And honestly, like, there's ways of making money example us where i can be behind this microphone and look like an old nasty bitch and what are you guys (laughs) gonna do about it (laughs) but you don't though but i don't i like to moisturize you look like a hot sexy lady behind the microphone (laughs) um yeah it did hit on me on the subway today so oh that's did you say thank you sir no i said that's what i say when men accost me oh thank you sir thank you for um putting down your crack pipe to talk to me (laughs) what'd you say to him I was just like, okay, and I turned away. There's people openly doing drugs in the subway, like openly. Yeah. I've never seen that in New York. In LA, they will pull up, sit next to you, and just smoke some crack 
yeah. smoke some crack like it's reading the newspaper. Yeah, yeah. I think it's because New York's subway system is really for everyone. And LA's subway system gets sort of judged in a shitty way. Especially, I think maybe during quarantine, it got really bad. Oh, but yeah. not as many people use the train here. So it seems to be just a free for all. Yeah, it is sort of a lawless country. I need to carry a knife on me. But um, drug use, you know, I used to be like big into drugs and I used to love them. And then something switched in my brain and now I hate them so much. Um, Yeah, I'm not a not a huge drug person. I I mean, maybe I'll do like some mushrooms to like experiment and grow in my brain once a year. Yeah. But um, other than that, I despise drug companies. They make me so mad. You're making money off of people's misery. I mean, I can see like if you are in a car accident and you need something to numb the like constant pain. Mm -hmm. Sure, absolutely. But just like doing crack on the subway, <laughs> I don't know. You know, I mean, yeah, and, it, it, you know, this is kind of what we're seeing here in the, in this Ohio area in the twenty three pipeline area. And you could also argue that a lot of the people smoking crack are doing it to numb the pain because they don't have access to things. But yeah, no, it, of course, is this is all you know at the hands of the pharma- pharmaceutical companies in my humble opinion oh yeah um yeah so that's what we learned last week uh or what i take away from what we talked about last week is we've learned now about how drugs came into southern ohio um we learned what a bunch of evil chicken shit parasites the Purdue Pharma family is, who yeah. are the Sacklers. Put them in jail. I'm such a non-jail person, but I get on the show and but I'm like, they're the they ones. Jail. They should be the ones in jail. Yeah, not the people that are on the drugs. They're just doing the thing you gave them. Yeah, and it doesn't, we've already seen, and we'll talk about that too, we've already seen that that does not work in preventing people from doing more drugs. Yeah. It's sending them to prison and then just throwing them back onto the street. The Sacklers should go to jail as an example for all the other fucking people at the top who want to take up. But, you know, they they run everything. So we're going to have to go with pitchforks, I guess. We are just against our evil overlords. Yep. So now we're looking at the fallout and abandonment of these towns in southern Ohio and their inhabitants. When the government came and pulled the plug on pill mills, the addictions didn't just fade away like we said. No, it just turned the streets into pill mills or more like, I guess, dope slopes. Dope slopes. That's fun. Heroin. Heroin hearsay. You know, dope slopes (laughs) makes me think of like, you know, when those little kids go like sliding down a snow mountain, but it's all cocaine. Wow. That's a (laughs) that's a dream and a nightmare, isn't it? So, yeah, it is not as uh I guess probably as jaunty as a dope slope, but... No, yeah, addiction's a real thing. Yeah, we learned that the women we discussed who were Megan Lancaster, Jamie Bowen, Tamika Lynch, and Charlotte Trago were all struggling with addiction. And tragically, Tamika was discovered deceased. She had signs of distress, but her case wasn't investigated as a crime. The other three have not been found. Oh, no. But they're not the only ones. So we're going to go back and visit this shirt. I'll post it on the socials, the one that I'm referring to. It's a good way to at least get 
a visualization of what's happening. It certainly doesn't embody every person who's missing, which is no. terrible. But I hope they take good care of that T-shirt because I know my T-shirts. I mean, I'll be washing my car with that shirt. Yeah, yeah we'll see. We have it documented forever on the Internet. Okay. So you can do whatever you want with that fucking shirt. <laughs> I got it. Cinch it. Cinch it. Cut the sleeves off yeah, and make it make cute. Make it cute. What a fun project. Yeah. <laughs> These missing women, but make it cute. Make it fashion. So in the same time period, 37-year-old Wanda Lemons goes missing on November 3rd, 2014 from Chillicothe. Her last communications with her family were messages to her adult daughter via text and Facebook. Mm -hmm. There is very little information on any investigation into her disappearance, and she's never been heard from again. Like these other women, she was in a cycle of addiction and prostitution. What would be your last tweet? Because they said she communicated via Facebook. Like the last thing you set off before you went missing. Like imagine tweeting something like, I'm going to get my pussy ate. And then you just gone. I mean, that does happen pretty frequently. It <laughs> seems like it's a whole new cultural ph- phenomenon to see the last one. You know what I mean? It's oh, very it's dark. One. It's bleak. But yeah. 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 I tweet stupid stuff all the time. Yeah. About to go get a sandwich. <laughs> and then that's it. Well, you know. You just got to always remember, you can't tweet something so outrageous that that look at it and go, what if this is my last one? That's a good marker for putting something on the internet. That's right. What if this is my last one? What if it was like I, I sent like something super mean? Like I was just like, I don't like this whole group of people. And then I went missing. And you're like, you know what? Good for her. Fucking die. Except I don't know that a whole group of uh, people would probably investigate it. So... <laughs> I guess if you're trying to get back at them. Maybe. Um, (laughs) So Holly Logan. Holly Logan was last seen on July 31st, 2013. But she isn't reported as missing until December of 2014, over a year later. A young woman, when she was last seen, Holly was really struggling. Um, When she was a little girl, she was in a car accident with her mother where her mother died while Mm. she was in the car. And her family says that she never recovered from this. Yeah. And, you you know, like many families in this community, she wasn't able or, um, you know, had access to any treatment to that. So the last photos of her are really tough to look at. At 27, she looks like she could be middle-aged. Um, oh, no. She was at this point essentially homeless. Even though she would disappear into her struggles so frequently, her very few family members knew her to check in. The missing report was filed far after she was last known to have been seen because she would go on these missing bouts. But like all of these families have described, even if they were having a hard time with this person, they knew their patterns. They knew... They would come back on Tuesday. Right. They're off Friday. They'll come back on Tuesday. Right. And even if they were in this bad place, they would show care to their family and consideration to their family and check in, at, yes, at so-and-so. Or even if they're in the, the worst spot and they only knew them to come in for money or something, they at least knew that they were there and they know when something's wrong, you know? Yeah. Even though a lot of the police want to ignore that. Yeah. Family knows when things are wrong. They can smell it. You ever got a phone call from your mom right when some shit hits the fan? Yeah. And like they knew? Yeah, for sure. So they have those sort of instincts with it and the police don't 
have any interest in that yeah. family instinct. Because she's a time. drug addict, so they're just kind of like, oh, the woman from the other side of the tracks. But sure. like you were saying earlier, this case isn't really talked about a lot because it isn't as sexy. Right. But um, we need to even talk about the non-sexy cases. I know. I'm, I'm very sorry. It can't all be sexy, hot, yeah. terrible crime. Sometimes there's drug addicts that uh, go missing, but they're people too. And they're a lot of them are good people. Not that you have to be good to be found, but um, they don't deserve the stigma of being like these throwaway people. No. Because they're not. So like so many in these circumstances for Holly, this may not have been the last time she was actually seen but the fear of retaliation is extremely real for women caught in trafficking. Not only that, but so many are living between being high or being distracted by needing to get high. Memories are pretty unclear in general. So, I mean, even, I don't even do drugs and ask me what I did on Tuesday. Right. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> no idea. I'm trying to think right now what I was doing and I can't remember. <laughs> Oh, no. I know. I know. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. So even when somebody may want to help and wants to tell the truth, sometimes the truth is so just buried in there or just completely inaccessible because of the state that they were in at the time. So, you know, when these people are getting these, this person, Holly, who may it was last seen on this date, it, other people could have seen her afterwards, but you know, they're hard to find or they, they just can't remember and, and that. So And also like how many times have you gone to get groceries and have seen somebody, you know, an unhoused person just kind of living their life sitting right. there on you know on the side of the road and like I'm not what am I gonna do? Call somebody, talk to them, right. I just go home. And we're conditioned to not see them. We're conditioned to step over them. Um and that's what the movie The Joker was about. Oh, thank God we can talk about the Joker. <laughs> oh, what a gift to the world. No one talks about him enough. <laughs> but I like the, the, the scene where he said, uh, you you like deny my medicine and then you s just step over me on the streets. Yeah. And I was like, you're right. We I do mean, do that. For sure. That is definitely like the incelly version of a very important uh, topic. Which I'm not shitting on the. I'm not shitting on Joker, guys. No, not, please. Remember don't. when people thought they were going to shoot that up? I'm like, no, that's their favorite movie. They'll be like, the shooter will be like, please be quiet. Yes. This is my favorite movie. I'm putting my guns down for this. <laughs> um, yeah. So yeah, that is. I mean, but it is especially whenever you live in a really big city. But this isn't even a big city. You know, this is a small town. With this, when I was growing up in Pittsburgh. We had, there was like three homeless people and everybody knew who they were because they were like characters. Yeah. And they were, I'm sure, suffering. But when I first got to New York, I was actually taken aback and and horrified by the amount of people who were just like laying out in the subway system and people would just yeah. step over them. And I was like, what the fuck am I walking into right now? Um because, you know, when I first got there, it was like pre-social media and everything. So it was really jarring. But this is what we do. So again, like you just said, she could have been around, but people weren't necessarily looking into her eyes, looking no. into her face, you just know. Just stepping over her. Just like, I can't deal with this person. Get away from me. Yeah. So uh, 
Yeah, and so this happens a lot. Uh, Jade Humble disappeared on Christmas Eve of 2014. Jade is one of the few in this collection of people to be named as a person who is from Cincinnati, which is over an hour like west from the 23 pipeline. It's close, but it's just a little farther west. However, she shares in common with these women that she was on heroin and she may have been in trouble with a dealer. Mm. She was only 21 when she went missing after only starting heroin a couple years previous. Before that, she was a good student, had graduated high school. I mean, two years on heroin, it's like dog years. Mm -hmm. That like That'll take 60 years off your life. Yeah, I mean, it just devastates people. Somebody was doing heroin on the subway next to me the other day, like right then and there. And I knew it was heroin because it was like that brown color. Yeah. Um, and he just looked... Devast like nothing was in his eyes. Yeah. Nothing I mean, was that's there. what it does. It, it really can just rip through. Just don't ever even try it, man. Like, uh, yeah, I know I've it's, tried easier. All the, it's easier said than done. Yeah. yeah. I've tried all the drugs under the sun, never done heroin. It's just so, it's so dark and it's so, there's no upside to it. None. There's nothing that it brings you, only misery. Just don't fucking even try it. I get being curious, but there's nothing you're going to get from it. But no, pain. it's just like crawling into a hole and staying there. Yes. Hi, Max. I wanted to share something with you. I wanted to tell you how grateful I am on how you've embraced your sobriety since day one. I'm grateful for how you changed your life. I'm grateful for the love you have for me. I'm grateful for you. Love, Mom. If your loved one is still struggling with addiction, you might not feel like you'll ever get to grateful. But we can show you how. At Karen, we've helped families overcome addiction for 70 years. So if your loved one is ready for something different, visit caron.org slash lost. Whether you're making the same breakfast that you have every day or baking a cake for an extra special day, eggs are a staple in our diets. Eggland's best eggs are nutritionally superior to ordinary eggs containing more vitamins and 25% less saturated fat. Not only are they better for you, but Eggland's best eggs taste better too. There's a reason that they're America's number one eggs. Visit egglandsbest.com for additional information and delicious recipes. Uh, I mentioned high school there because that's graduating is not the case for a majority of women caught in this cycle. A woman named Hannah Estabrook, who runs an incredible program through the court system called Catch Court, which is basically an alternative program to just sending trafficked and addicted women to jail over and over again. Uh, that she is this really cool woman who basically started this program to address, hey, we're just making this cycle happen and over and over. This doesn't help anyone. You're just chasing your own tail here. You're not helping the courts. You're not helping jail. You're not helping the women. Oh, it helps the private prisons, though. It sure it helps does. Them. Bumps the cash in, doesn't it? So, um, yeah. So she wanted to find another way. And she's she is somebody who works within this community, within the 23 Pipeline area. So... Within this program, she had surveyed 95 women that had gone through it and had completed it. And of the 95 women, 56 of them did not make it through high school, with only 18 making it through part of college out of the 95. So most of them didn't even get their GEDs. Yeah, there was a lot of, because um, I went to school in kind of a poor area and mm. the people that were like, I'm dropping out of high school, I'm getting my GED. Most of them didn't. Yeah. Most yeah. Of them didn't. 
it was probably partially due to the fact that of these 95 women, 77 of them began using between the ages of 11 and 19 years old. 11 years old? Oh my God, a child drug addict is the saddest thing. Well, another eight of them were under 10. Get the fuck out. Ten, under 10 years old. You Gaga. Yeah. Pepper the pig. It's Not- really devastating. Even me starting weed at 14 seems crazy to me, but like a little kid just doing like hard drugs yeah. because it was, you know, it was around everywhere. And like, what are you going to do? Like there's no, in these kind of towns, there's no bowling alleys. I mean, even if there skating is. Skating rinks, like things to do. Even if there is, if they're caught in this web of people around them, especially people who are looking to prey on girls they're going to start them on drugs really young because that's how you get them locked into slavery, essentially. Yeah, and that affects your brain, how mm-hmm. it develops. Yep. So and while there is no exact formula that causes a kid to start using so young, it's probably not a coincidence that 89 of these 95 women had experienced sexual violence and 89 had already also experienced at least one domestic violence with an intimate partner in their life Wow! at least one time um i mean yeah drugs are a um a byproduct of trauma absolutely. a lot of people de- they don't like no one has like a perfect life no. and then they're like you know what i'm gonna just start shooting up heroin right exactly <laughs> it's it uh, of those women there i think the 95 there was um i think it was like three that had started in their 30s you do it because you're confused and scared and a lot of times very young and naive and don't know how to deal with this. They don't know how to deal. And also you get coerced into it, as we'll discuss. You get tricked into it sometimes even, as we're learning on the 23 pipeline. Yeah, definitely. Somebody passed me weed one time and I smoked it and I was like, what's this? He's like, that's crack. <laughs> I couldn't be friends with him again. No. Yeah, Jesus like, Christ. Don't talk to me again. That's What a bastard. <laughs> Seriously. Like, don't talk to me again. <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> Why um, am I laughing? It's so traumatic. Because we have to laugh or we'll cry and we'll fall. <laughs> so not to mention um, with that pain and trauma, 83 of them came from a home that was under the poverty line, like under by a lot. Less than $10,000? There are 68 of them who came from uh, financial status of less than $10,000 a year. Oh, my God. What are you going to do? if you, That's like not even food money. Mm-mm. How are you going to eat? Don't. You, you just, just don't. Uh, I highly recommend checking out that woman, Hannah Estabrook's TED Talk, TEDx Talk. She's so badass. And she goes on to describe how putting sex trafficked women through this program costs less than half the amount of money it costs taxpayers to keep that same woman jailed over the course of a year. So that's great. The program is already cheaper than prison. But prison's not making the money. So it's not making. Yeah. So guess who's probably going to get got? Yeah. I mean, this is also me being a conspiracy theorist, but I'm just like, oh, the people like helping out so they don't go to jail. Watch you go missing, quote unquote missing. I mean, I think that there are legs to that specific kind of conspiracy theory based on the fact that we have a prison system that's run amok. That's insane. And I think that there is evidence to suggest that there are people making money off of it, in which case it is corrupted for sure. Um, But yeah, for the taxpayers, it would cost us quite a bit less money to yeah. keep that program going instead of putting her in jail. And um, th- also that the reoffending is dramatically lower through the catch court program that than those women who get 
arrested and then released. Wow. It's almost like if you like really talk to people like they're human beings. Yeah. They don't go commit the same thing they were doing as a response to trauma. I mean, it's a like, it's a crazy idea that you have, but maybe, maybe it's true that if nonviolent offenders, they, maybe a lot of them want to get out and get help and it would they would be better served by receiving care and treatment. Wow. And a tiny, maybe just a monochrome of respect and dignity as a human Maybe, being. instead of giving them more trauma. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, getting arrested for drugs and solicitation and then going through prison, then getting thrown back out into the same circumstance where they have no one to help, their pimps know where they are. Like, it, it's... Hopeless. It's, it's hopeless. hopeless for a lot of them. So to be able to put them through this program, which is really strict and asks a lot of the women, but also provides a lot for the women, I, I, it seems to me <laughs> that that might be a better solution for everyone. Just in case. So Shasta Himmelrich went missing from Chillicothe on Christmas Day 2014. Which Christmas is, Day? That's not no Christmas Day behavior. Yeah, I mean, it's missing. the day after Jade Humble disappeared from Cincinnati. Um, so Cincinnati and Chillicothe aren't next to each other exactly, but they went missing one day apart from each other. Were they connected? I don't know. We don't. We still have no idea. But Shasta, unlike Jade, was discovered, unfortunately, deceased. Mm. Like Tamika... Shasta was discovered in a body of water. Tamika was found in a creek bed. This time, Shasta was found in the Skioto River, which is a long body of water that basically runs parallel to the 23 pipeline, or in other words, parallel to Route 23. Shasta was only 20 years old when she died. Like with Tamika, the police ruled it a suicide, despite having very little evidence that that was the case. Nobody just wanders into a body, like into a creek. Maybe the ocean, they walk into it poetically, but no one walks into a creek to kill themselves. Well, it was off the side of a bridge where they found Shasta, and they say that she committed suicide, despite there being so many red flags that that wasn't true. No. Uh, including that she was pregnant from a guy within the drug community, he, what I've seen of him, seems like a great person. So, yeah, she she was very excited to be pregnant. She loved this guy, even though he treated her very poorly. But she didn't show any signs of wanting to die. Um, she wanted to be a mother very badly. So, so women don't do violent suicide. We take pills. Yeah, it's definitely know? like... It doesn't make a ton of sense for her to get up on this bridge and jump off of it. It 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 doesn't add up. But again, they didn't really think she was, I think, worth the effort. Yeah, suicide. Blah, yeah, blah. just open and shut. You know, I don't. I can't deal with you. So, this person uh, who I'm talking about, who she was pregnant from, along with other people, will appear again and again in these stories regarding the women's lives. So we're seeing a lot of the same players show up in these women's histories. 26-year-old mm. Tiffany Sayer had been reported missing on May 11, 2015, as she was leaving her friend's house at 11.30 p.m. in Chillicothe. Sadly, she was discovered deceased in yet another body of water, like Tamika and Shasta were. In fact, it was in the creek just a couple miles away from where Tamika was found. So Tiffany who also was in the same crowd, was also found in the creek 
nearby where Tamika had been found in the creek the year before. Tiffany was a mother of two whose aunt said that she was the perfect girl, quote unquote, until she wasn't. She had started taking pain pills and she spiraled. She got herself sucked into the drug community. It's easy to get sucked in the drug community. But how? How could they do it? I mean, drugs feel pretty good. Yeah, I mean, especially when you start taking painkillers for something and then you need the drugs after the pain's going. The pain goes away when you take those and then suddenly you can't take the pills anymore. Guess what else makes the pain go away? So she was in the depths of her addiction but her family desperately tried to get her back and she was fighting. By all accounts in her family, she was a loving, kind person and she had recorded these cell phone videos the spring before she died. Okay, um, first off, I wanna say I'm sorry to my family um, for the mistakes I've made because um, God knows I've made a lot. Um, I know that you guys have given me chance after chance after chance to prove myself, and I just throw it in your guys' face, and you guys probably just want to give up on me. I've been sober for four days now. That ain't shit. Ain't nothing. But at least I'm starting. At least I'm trying. So you can see the pain in her eyes. Yeah, and that she was trying really hard. She said she was sober in those videos for four days, and that was nothing, but she is trying, and she's really trying to make it. That's a lot. Sober for four days in this kind of community, and like what with, you, your with past. heroin addiction, That's four a lot. days is like a, an eternity. Um, I think you're doing great, sweetheart. She was, you know, but she, she was relapsing. She was trying really hard, and they found her in a state of deep distress mm. so yeah she she didn't make it um we mm. know that she's not missing anymore unfortunately timberly clater goes missing in may of 2015 and is very shortly later found deceased this time however murder can't be ignored as a possibility because she was shot mm. Timberly had become addicted after she got into a car accident as a teen and was prescribed painkillers. Heroin followed shortly after. Again, the same names keep popping up surrounding Timberly. Currently, a man named Jason McCrary is in jail for her murder. This guy, Jason, is a dark soul, to be certain. He's a registered sex offender for crimes against a minor. Boo. However, there are some holes in the story that connects Jason to Timberly, and we'll talk about more about these people next week. Leslie Lorick is the last person on that list. There's very little to be found about her. All that I could dig up was that she was reported missing in May of 2015 at age 26 and that she had been wanted for some theft-based crimes. Very little else was brought up and there was some hope that she was just in hiding. Well, I managed to find some prison records for someone in a Michigan prison named Leslie Lorick who is serving time for theft in 2020. So... Wow, that sucks. I hope that that's her and that she'll get out and get a chance to grow. So I think that Leslie Lorick has been found and is currently serving time, which not the best case scenario, but definitely not the worst case it's scenario. At least she's not murdered. So of those 11 missing, we now know four of them have died, likely murdered. 
but that hasn't been confirmed yet in most cases and may never be because of the lack of interest. There may be this one in prison, which leaves six whole ass women just left to the wind. While many people, including large swatches of the police force may just presume them dead, statistically there's a good chance that at least one of these women is still with us and maybe more of them. In the docuseries Gone, The Forgotten Women of Ohio, which I mentioned last week, the documentarian Joe Berlinger follows a fucking baddie for days woman named Jennifer Kempton. Her bio from her nonprofit organization called Survivors Inc. says, Jennifer Kempton was a survivor of human trafficking who used her experience to promote awareness and advocate for social change. During her horrific time on the streets, she was branded and sold by her abusers. After obtaining her freedom, these marks became constant reminders of her abuse until she was given a gift of a tattoo cover-up. The liberation she experienced through covering her brands inspired her to found Survivors, Inc. So, branded like cattle. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She actually, that is the title of her, she has a TEDx talk as well, and I think it's called something like, I'm a human, not cattle. (laughs) She talks about it as cattle. Um, And then this is about her, her organization, which is called Survivors Inc. The two main missions of Survivors Inc. are to connect survivors to resources and to cover the marks of ownership and violence given to them by their traffickers. So this organization basically has a model similar to the movement where uh, you may have heard of where the tattoo artists are offering to move, remove white power and like white supremacist tattoos off people who have managed to leave that movement. That's great. Um, yeah. Except these women are, you know, more innocent than, yeah, than the, most of those people. Those guys wanted to put a swastika on Right. Them. But I'm also a big fan of like reform. I don't like punishing overly, overly people. Like if somebody's like, I want to get the swastika off. It's good to be like, okay, let's get it off. Instead Absolutely. of being like, but you got it on you. No, bitch. no. That, shame, no shame, I, shame. I think that's not a good space to live in. It's, a, you know, of course, depends on the level of violence that they brought on other people where you, to me, at least I try to judge on base to base. But if you were, got into a movement like that where, you know, you were young and you didn't know any better of, you can definitely recover from that. There's there's people who did leave those movements who became advocates for Black Lives Matter and just, you know, uh, equality in general. And yeah. that you should always allow people room to grow to an extent. There is a line that I will draw personally. But, <laughs> um, but there's always growth. And if you're a drug addict, you can get out. Yes. And, and also, if you are trafficked, there's still hope for you to leave. So basically, this org... Uh, that she has called Survivors Inc. It often in these trafficking situations, the women are branded by the traffickers. Sometimes it's literally burned. Sometimes it's a forced tattoo. Usually with their name or some identifying insignia. So it, it's they are basically tagging the women like a prince tattoo. Yeah, exactly. Like the prince symbol. Yes. Um, no, I think usually it's just you know, kind of a boring squiggle with like a thing around it but that's so if somebody kidnaps this woman she's this other guy's woman yes and also not only that it makes the the woman feel as though she's lost her her, yeah her ability to be her own person uh because that is dehumanizing it is it is essentially making you feel like an animal that is owned now so jennifer who as we mentioned was trafficked for many years 
when she was recovering, she realized the the power of getting that off of her skin. And so now she works with women who have who are getting out who want to, you know, get these marks covered up because it is a psychological hold on you. Yeah. Um, so she's fucking awesome. But also Jennifer Kempton, she not only did this, but she would drive the streets where the girls would walk and where she used to walk and hustle and she talks to them. She goes up, she gives them information about places that can help them. Um, she gives them food, uh, just talks to them, especially the ones she, she seems to focus in on like the younger ones, like the very young girls. And she's walked the streets before, so she knows the situation. It's good to have somebody like that knows what's going on. Yeah. I definitely walk around LA. I saw this like, and bless her heart. She was like a pretty young little white girl who was just like, hi, do you have a minute? And she was like talking to an unhoused man who was just like laying there in the pit of depression, mm-hmm. nothing behind the eyes. And she's like, so um, what, what, how'd you get here? Oh no. And I was just like, this dude, you can't approach it like this. You don't know no. what you're doing, pretty girl. What you doing? Also that's, it's like condescending it, kind it, it of. It is. And for me, like the vibe I got when I like the two seconds I walked by, I was like, I bet this girl's gonna walk away feeling that she did something. Yeah, somebody's probably filming her doing a TikTok, you know, yeah. or something, which to me just, it's gross. I don't like that sort of Mm-mm. quote unquote activism. She was like helping for like her own benefit, right. for her own ego. Right. So what, how'd you get here, buddy? Yeah. She called him buddy. And oh. I was like, he's not your buddy. Ugh, yeah, that's. <laughs> that's not lady that's not helping anybody no. just don't do that please like if you don't have to have had a direct experience to help people in that way or try to help but that's not doing any good like it's not doing any good there's so many different ways to help you don't have to be on the streets you can donate money you right. can make like make a casserole you can work within an organization that has a structure because if you haven't faced this yourself you may not understand the nuances of what it takes to just go talk to people who are suffering on the yeah. street. It's, they're not just like these, like, like sh- calling him buddy is so weird. Yeah, like it's condescending. Y- you don't know what this motherfucker's been through. No. You don't know what his life is. Y- you can't even fucking fathom it. So, and also to be fair, like I don't approach most of the time I wouldn't approach a man just because they're not, it's not hatred. It's not, um, you know, repulsion. It's like, we don't know where he is in his head right now. He could physically attack you. Yeah, and even if it's not drugs, the headspace is not going to be good. The limited time I've spent with nowhere to go, you start to feel crazy pretty fast. Yeah. And pretty, like, hopeless and stuff. So you, you just, yeah, you just can't do that. Just don't, please don't do that. Please don't do that. <laughs> Although there was a guy on the streets the other day, he was peeing and he looked at me and who's that girl that sings, man, I feel like a woman. Who's that lady? Uh, Shania Twain. Shania Twain. Yeah. So he's like peeing. I saw his penis in the pee stream and he looks at me. He's like, you look like Shania Twain. And I was like, thank you, sir. <laughs> it was like a nice little moment. And he just, he's like, have a good day. And I totally saw his dick and balls. <laughs> like he's just, he's like in the, the, cliche of the neighbor was hosing off his lawn and waving to you as you <laughs> yeah, go to work but it was his pee but it was his penis <laughs> well that's nice good for him i guess i don't yeah, know good for him hey mom first things first thank you it's my one year anniversary of my decision to say yes i need help and yes i choose me and that's the miracle i'm lucky that the strongest person i know is my own mother love you mom 
Maxwell. Be that strong person who makes the difference. If your loved one is struggling with drugs and alcohol, reach out to Karen for a different kind of addiction treatment. Visit caron.org slash lost. Whether you're making the same breakfast that you have every day or baking a cake for an extra special day, eggs are a staple in our diets. Eggland's best eggs are nutritionally superior to ordinary eggs, containing more vitamins and 25% less saturated fat. Not only are they better for you, but Eggland's best eggs taste better too. There's a reason that they're America's number one eggs. Visit egglandsbest.com for additional information and delicious recipes. Um, yeah, anyway, so Jennifer knows these streets. She knows she was boots on the ground and she was also helping to look for the missing. She would spend days and days scouring websites like Backpage and Craigslist because she knew herself had been sold there. She knows that it's quite possible for a woman to be taken and moved into another town, sometimes right next door. And then here's this clip. It has been proven that 92% of the women that catch solicitation charges here in Franklin County are victims of human trafficking. So there's a 92% chance that she was a victim of human trafficking. When I was being trafficked, I had been sold on Backpage and Craigslist. A lot of girls that are trafficked are trafficked in the beginning like this because you can keep your girl isolated more. They're in a hotel room um, and they make more money per shot than the, the street prostitution. I went through ads for days and days and days. I know that she had an addiction issue. You know, that is a control mechanism into human trafficking, the drugs. Traffickers will get the victim addicted to or use a pre-existing um, addiction and use that as leverage to exploit them. Now, I was missing for a few years, according to my family, but I was right here. I wish somebody would have seen the terror in my eyes. I wish somebody would have seen the misery in my soul and reached out to me. So I have to be that for somebody else. What a strong woman. Yeah, so she was missing. She was considered a missing person for for several years. And people just walked over her. They didn't care. And But the, the tiny, not silver lining, but the tiny hope is that this is probably possible for some of these women. She was not very far from her home. And she is amazing. I, I should say was because unfortunately she passed away in 2017 with what is being reported as an accidental overdose. She was murdered. Well, I mean, which though I can't find a lot of info about her passing. I, I found some details, but it seems sus at the very least. As somebody yeah. who took these traffickers and dealers head on face to face, it does beg the question, did somebody take her out? I mean, was it ever even investigated as that? I hate to say it, but these women are like property of these dealers. So if you take away their source of income and you see that you see this on the in the documentary gone, she is reaching out to a woman on the street and she has to jump in the car because she realizes the woman kind of runs away because Jennifer realizes that probably her pimp is staring at them. And so they know who she is. She didn't even leave her community with when she got better. She let, stayed in the same world because she wanted to help these women. Ooh, that's um, so scary because these men are scary. Yeah, and, and it's really tragic. Um, it, it is quite possible she was still just struggling and she had a relapse. 
I don't have insight into that, but again, you should listen to her TEDx talk. It's really moving and you could see how far she had come. I mean, she had a nightmare background. She talks about it and then she made it all the way up to a TED talk stage and is running this organization. So, you know, Jennifer knows all too well that, like I just said, some of these six women could be out there on the streets just a few towns away or up in Detroit. There's a huge organized network of traffickers. Oh, yeah. You could be right next door, but like 6,000 miles away and you're exactly the, the grip of fear and that hopelessness that you get, especially whenever you've been, um, you know, assaulted multiple times when you have been branded but and when you've been told over and over again by the justice system that you're not important that you just are like well i guess this is it for yeah. me home could seem like an, on another planet oh yeah and things people say to you your face um they wind up like you integrate them into your spirit mm-hmm. like before quarantine happened i was a bartender and a stand-up comic and like i consider myself very strong-willed but those are two professions where people will just say the nastiest things to your face right so then after a while i started saying it about myself i was like i i like looked at old videos where i was calling myself a dumb bitch yeah i'm not a dumb bitch Mom. i'm a nice person i work you're hard. a smart not bitch yeah but after a while like if so many people say you're a dumb bitch you're mm-hmm. a dumb bitch to your face i start saying it to myself oh yeah and i'm not even like on heroin or like yeah no for sure i can't sure. imagine if you're on like the grips of drugs how it just much like settles in deeper to you oh yeah i mean i'm sure a lot of us can relate to the concept of being around somebody who belittles you or puts you down and it, after a while, you just start believing it. And yeah. then add on top of that m- repeated sexual assault, a defiling of your own body by that, like not you, but they defile your yeah. body. They basically say they own you, you're on drugs, and the police look at you like you're garbage. Like, what do you think's going to happen? Where are you going to go? What are you going to do? Yeah. yeah. What do you think? How do you think a woman's just going to like get out of it? Pull herself up by her bootstraps. Right? Yeah. No. 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 nothing it's a desolate wasteland of of your spirit yeah anybody who would be so ignorant and so naive to think that has never had to really work very hard for anything in their life <laughs> in my opinion <laughs> okay so it is a mental prison but it's also a physical one uh retaliation is real and what i mentioned about jennifer a minute ago and what quite is quite possibly for many of the women of the 23 pipeline is a tactic that involves a forced overdose. If that woman becomes a liability or won't do as she's told or even just stops being useful, it's known as a hot shot. It's a loose term. Some people say it's when you specifically put battery acid into the heroin, but in, in general, it's either an intentionally tainted or dose of heroin or forced overdose. With these women being just one of those girls, quote unquote, it's a pretty common practice. It it really, um, it almost is a way to get away with easy murder for a lot of these traffickers because yeah. they're not going to spend the time and resources on chasing them down. Some of these people who most likely have murdered are in jail for drug things, but not being held accountable for the deaths of these women because they are literally thrown away. Yeah. An accidental overdose. No one ever looks into it of like, was the heroin poisoned? Because heroin's already poisoned as it is. Uh, yeah, and it's just a matter of going. Well, she was already poisoning herself. So what? What you know? What, what does am it matter? I going to do? But there's still women. You know, 
They it's are still people. They're not perfect. It's not a perfect little Disney princess gone missing. So that's why the cases don't get shown on TV. Right. And you can say, oh, well, they are, you know, they're criminals because they've been stealing or this and that. And maybe they've done some crimes, mostly very much nonviolent crimes. And they are probably more so or just as much victims. And they're never, ever treated that way. They are in a hopeless cycle. And, you know, that is why it's amazing to hear people putting these programs like the Catch Court together. I'm sure it's not a perfect system, but the way that we stop this is to empower these women. Yeah. To give them tools of any sort. Yeah, give them tools, you know, because, oh, wow, you throw someone in prison for a nonviolent crime and then tell them they're worthless and then put them in a much more violent situation. And then just, have you been to Penn Station in New York? Prisoners are literally just dropped off there with their belongings. No cash, no nothing. Yeah. There's so much crime right around there because you're just being told, oh, I'm worthless. Right. So what are you going to do? Yeah. Put yourself in that situation. Are you going to go pull yourself up by your bootstraps? Yeah. No, you're going to go steal some food. Yeah, for sure. And the majority of those people didn't even do anything violent. You know, it's it. most of the people stuck in prison right now are based on drug related crimes and theft and stuff like that, which is all centered around drugs mostly. Yeah. Usually drugs that other people put them in there for. <laughs> yeah. So that the Sacklers can have 17 properties that they can just go to forever, you know, one on the coast, one in the mountains. My God, do you think there's some like like meeting hall somewhere and like the drug people and the prison people are just kind of like laughing over glasses of champagne? The top of them, probably. I mean, definitely not all the people who are in the middle of the, you know, all the middle management people definitely aren't gaining yeah. anything from this. Um, prison guards and shit. Like they just also live in a horrible nightmare all the time. But uh, yeah, so there is a, a likelihood that some of these women were given hot shots and, and other things as well. We're going to talk about in the next episode, we're going to get into more of the um, the players who may have been involved in this other than the obviously the drug lords at the top. The scary, scary men. I mean, I'm talking still about Purdue Pharma, but yes, underneath them, there are a myriad of pyramids of people with the, the women tra being trafficked, usually at the very bottom, who are considered disposable by these people. There are women traffickers also, of course, but the majority of them are guys and yeah. the majority of trafficked people are women, including trans women. Um, and these men probably, these traffickers probably, they have trauma growing up. And this is the only way that they can make money, not to excuse their behavior. No, no, for sure. But I, I agree. And I, I, I will want to talk about that next week where we'll look at some of these people. And while you can't excuse their actions, many of them are violent. Um, you can obviously tell that people who... Some of them need serious mental health care and they definitely never received it and were, you know, thrown into the streets very young. So it creates when you put drugs on top of that, it's going to create a mess. It's a Molotov cocktail. It, it really is. So I want to name these women again just because I don't want them to just be, oh, these are examples. These were people with families who miss them and love them. Megan Lancaster, Jamie Bowen, Tamika Lynch, Charlotte Trago. Wanda Lemons, Holly Logan, Jade Humble, Shasta Himorik, Tiffany Sayer, Timberly Clater, Leslie Lorick. 
they each have their own story, but they they come from this area and they deserve justice. They deserve to be found. The women who've been killed deserve to have their stories looked into. And there is a solid chance that some of these women are out there somewhere. And if it's them getting away from the situation, I hope that they have. And I hope that us bringing it up won't make it harder for them. But their families are in pain and they don't know where they are. So, you know, I'm going to post all their pictures. It's very likely if they have been moved and trafficked somewhere, it's not that far. It's probably somewhere in Kentucky, Ohio or, or Michigan, um, but it could be elsewhere as well. So, you know, just sometimes I know life's really complicated and really hard and we all have a lot going on, but sometimes just take a look at people's faces when they're on the street. Just acknowledge them and realize that those are people with stories and families and heartache and that they're in pain and and just look at look at their faces, you know? And maybe one day if you do, you might find somebody whose family is like desperately trying to find them, who think that they don't have anywhere to go because a lot of them do have somewhere to go and they just don't realize it. Um, so that's it for today. We're going to finish this up next week and then we'll move on to more other missing people. Yeah, Look so at that. many. There's just an endless. Unfortunately, oh we'll always have material. Yeah. Yeah. Until I'm not stopping till I find every missing person on earth left. No. Yep. Amber, you're stuck forever. <laughs> You can follow us on Someplace Underneath on TikTok and Instagram and me at the Natty Jean on the same stuff and Twitter. Amber Smelson all across the board. Yep. Uh, we are Amber and Natalie Saucy and Pert as always signing off. This show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors. You can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com. Hey, Mom. First things first, thank you. It's my one-year anniversary of my decision to say, yes, I need help, and yes, I choose me. And that's the miracle. I'm lucky that the strongest person I know is my own mother. Love you, Mom. Maxwell. Be that strong person who makes the difference. If your loved one is struggling with drugs and alcohol, reach out to Karen for a different kind of addiction treatment. Visit caron.org slash lost. Whether you're making the same breakfast that you have every day or baking a cake for an extra special day, eggs are a staple in our diets. Eggland's best eggs are nutritionally superior to ordinary eggs, containing more vitamins and 25% less saturated fat. Not only are they better for you, but Eggland's best eggs taste better too. There's a reason that they're America's number one eggs. Visit egglandsbest.com for additional information and delicious recipes.